So. We'll be back at it. I guess so. Yes, we are. Guess we'll just keep hacking. Well, uh, there was one thing that I did want to get to that I thought would be pretty fun. Uh-huh. Was, uh... I was talking to Chance the other day, and he was listening to one of our other casts, and he was talking about how, uh... We had been talking about the difference between geldings and mares, uh-huh. and he thought it was going to go way into the, like, the stereotypes of it, and it yeah. didn't, and he was upset about it. He was upset about not having the stereotypes? Right. I like that. So, I figured, why don't we address the stereotypes of the different types of riding? Okay. Different competition sports. I should uh, say. The different competition sports. Yeah. Okay. Because that's, that's where you're going to get the most personality anyway. That's true. And these are generalities, people, so they're designed to uh, insult everyone. Don't put a disclaimer on it. They're designed to insult everyone. Exactly. (laughs) Nobody's safe. Um, Wait, I'm not saying you suck. I'm saying we all suck. Yeah, exactly. I'm just saying that general group of people suck, not the individuals within the group. Right. (laughs) Okay. So let's start out, address the uh, 800-pound gorilla in the room. Barrel racers. Okay. Or uh, flop and grab, wild and ridiculous. That would be one way to refer to it. Yeah. Now, what would you say is the, I mean, as a as a West Coaster, uh-huh. what would you say your two-sentence explanation of bell race riders? Two-sentence explanation? Yeah. Like who um, they are. Um, um... Anything shiny. Yeah. They like anything shiny. It might take more than two senses. It, okay. Then go ahead. They like anything shiny. Um, uh, lots of attitude. Not a lot of time spent thinking about what they're saying, actually. Yeah. Um, um, Daddy's pickup truck. That is one that I would agree with myself. Uh now, why do you, why do you think that is? Let's let's try and bring bring some context to those that stereotype. Why are they like that? Um, because it's kind of the sport. How so? Uh, well, okay. Uh, the simplest way to approach it is to run straight at a barrel. Yeah. And when you get there, turn right once. Or turn one direction once and turn the other direction twice. Yeah. You know, it's fairly straightforward in terms of a pattern, and it's just how fast you can do it. Yeah. So their their event, they're training all this time for 14 seconds in a ring. Yeah. That's their entire run, you know. Yeah. So they're, uh, they have to be maniacal about their runs, you know, and they, and, and so. So you're but saying doing, it's the sports fault. No, I'm saying it's uh, an error in the training regimen. Okay. Drilling a pattern over and over again is going to make the horse do the pattern exactly that same way over and over again. Right. But if you practice it with poor body mechanics over and over again, you're going to end up with poor body mechanics as muscle memory. You know, so mm-hmm. so uh, it's not about drilling the maneuver so much it's about getting the right building blocks in order and then practicing the maneuver almost as a reward yeah i could see i could see that where you're you're breaking it down even more so it's 
unrecognizable to the naked eye as to that it's basically doing the same thing as just drilling the same thing. Right. Yeah, and and for me, I'd rather the horse be under the rider's control and not just running the what it knows. Right. I don't know. From the way that you described it, I would say that the way that people are is because of how what the sport is and what it dictates you need to do. Because it's yeah. based off of speed. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is. It's a sterilization of uh, the maneuvers that you need to turn cows in a rope in a pen. Yeah. So, if you uh, brought it back to working cows in a pen and just running them down the fence and turning them. You wouldn't do that to a horse like, you know, a hundred times in a day. True, very true. You'd do it like a couple times at the end because otherwise you're working the cow out of them. Right. You know, but because it's just a couple barrels and you're not getting any other creatures tired and, you know, you're just running the fuck out of it. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot easier to lose sight of the fact that you're training a whole horse. You're not training for a competition. You're not training for one specific maneuver. Yeah. You know, the other thing that I think is interesting about the sport is uh, the age that people uh, like girls get into it. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that where wherever barrel racing is popular and you can do it, mm -hmm. it usually starts in like high school. Mm. When you're doing like actual like high level competition. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Um, which is funny because you, you say the daddy's pickup pickup truck kind of thing. Mm hmm. That just goes into the culture of, well, if you're barrel racing, you're in a farm area. Yep. So daddy's going to have a pickup truck. Yep. And it's that Midwest kind of thing. It is. Well, yeah, I mean, you even saw it on the coast where the girls didn't grow up on the farm, but they were still driving daddy's pickup truck. Very true. Um, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that either. You got to take what you get in life, but still... Uh, it's not about it's not about the object itself. It's it's about uh, the character with which you accept the object. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, we've brought brought some, I think some nice things to, to uh, barrel racers. Yeah, th this this these this conversation I think is going to be a little controversial for everyone, <laughs> yeah. and uh, uh, it, it brings about one saying that i kind of love all right uh when all you have is a hammer everything starts looking like a nail it's true <laughs> very very true <laughs> what can i hit this on yeah right uh, oh but this could do some damage what do you think should be next what um, discipline? what discipline should be next do we want to do it what do we want to say ask uh what your impression is uh or what people's general impression is of saddlebred riders? Saddlebred riders. Okay. I mean, my interpretation of saddlebred riders are, are the ones that I've met. Yeah, right. As you know, you you, you know most of them. Mm -hmm. um, A thing or two. And so, so I know it from seeing the people first and then seeing them show after and mm -hmm. ride after. They're very interesting people because... They're usually really happy people. It's true. It's it's funny because saddlebred riders they're they're really smiley. Well, that I mean, if you've ever seen the celebration, yeah, um, yeah, that thing's a hoot. <laughs> I I hadn't seen that until I came out to, came out here. 
and I saw somebody show me a video of it. That is crazy. That's a got to be a fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. Go to the celebration. Everybody's hooting and hollering, and you're just laying waste around the outside of the track, mm-hmm. high knees and everything. Oh yeah. That. But their horses are skittish. And yes, they'll get they out. And, and I feel like with that sport, there's there's got to be a CD underbelly to it. Yeah. That's, I think that's also why well, people are so smiley. Yes. See, that's the thing is that um, growing up around, you know, where I did in California, that we did have some saddlebred stuff going on out there. But mostly it was like people saying, yeah, you should not do that because, you know, they put acid on their feet and, you know, random stuff. Right. It's like... Yes, that's a way to mechanically get it done. But yeah. uh, if you were able to do it without mechanical advantage, then it, it the finished product would be better. Well, yeah, I it's think. just putting in hard work instead yeah. of cheating. It's, yeah. it's the same thing across the board with any sport. Well, I mean, I'm a firm believer in once you try and trick your horse, your horse tries to begin to trick you. Very it true. It learns it from you. That doesn't make sense. You know? So you can't be a fox. It's something you forget no seas very volpe. often, though. No seas volpe, amigo. No seas volpe. <laughs> swiper, no swiping. Swiper, no swipe, indeed. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, whole... I think there's a CD underbelly to everything, though. A little more with them, because that sport is, it, it's so technical on the judges. Mm-hmm. You have, like, to be a judge, I'm sure, in that industry is very difficult mm-hmm. to be very renowned. Uh, and I'm sure it's it, there's, a, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, coming from the hunter-jumper world, the, uh, the perfect pony syndrome, mm-hmm. where they got people on just fantastic horses, mm-hmm. and people bitch because they're like, they're just basically throwing money out there. That's what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. It becomes a competition with your wallet as opposed to a competition with your skill. Exactly. Which never, I don't know. I don't believe in wallet competitions. Really? I, just, I just don't think it's, um, I don't, it's not about fairness or anything. I just think it's classless. Well, it, it takes the fun out of it. Yeah. Unless you're the one that's winning. Even then, it's not fun because you didn't earn it. Well, usually if you're throwing that money out there, there's you're seeing some some sort of return. Okay, but satisfaction in life does not come from gain of uh, of of, of uh, objects or materials. I know. I'm not it, saying it, I believe that. I'm saying that these people that would do that uh-huh. would think otherwise right. and say otherwise. But well, okay. But my theory, the what I posit is that satisfaction can come through money, can come through anything. Because satisfaction is not from the acquisition of materials, but the acquisition of new skills. Okay. And and bet in the betterment of your skills. I think that yeah. that's I think that that's the genetic, the biological trigger for that like jubilant feeling you feel inside. You know, when you actually achieve something that you actually worked for. Well, growth is a natural life process. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But at the same time, have you ever? like accidentally won anything something that you didn't work for or didn't really care about yeah well did it feel good it didn't feel like anything exactly yeah 
because it wasn't worth anything to you. So right. at the same time, well, it was worth something for me. The, the well, experience. Well, sure, but like uh, the experience is always. I mean, you get experience regardless. I mean, if you win something because of your skill, mm-hmm. your success will continue. You will be, and you will have more life happiness, more life satisfaction. If your success comes from what you can buy, yeah, from what you can achieve through your ones and zeros. It's hollow. It's empty. There's always something that you need to fill. You know, you always need to brag about the next best thing. All right. Well, I'm going to throw some devil's advocate, Uri. Okay. There are those situations, I'm sure that you, both of us, have been party to, mm-hmm. where you were put on a very, very expensive horse, mm. and you got to ride it around and mm-hmm. do something with it, whether it be show, take a lesson, mm. just ride around, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You, like, I did it in the show context. That's why mm-hmm. it uh, can kind of apply here. Mm-hmm. And that we won. Yes, because he's an awesome horse. But it was not in order for me to win. Right. Like, we weren't going in there to win. Right. It was to train, to learn. Mm-hmm. And that's what, and that that big money horse, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it does have its, have its use. Absolutely. But even, you know, even your, even anybody's big money horse. Yeah. The, it was, I'm sure you can testify that it wasn't just an automatic push-button horse. You know, you had... Oh, no, it was. Was it, really? <laughs> it was. You you didn't have to remind him of anything, huh? It was this four-year-old French warm blood that I took in the equitation ring. Mm. Holy Oh, well, shit. how many times did you ride it? Uh, I probably rode it for three, four months. Three, and and you, showed were you, twice in between there. You were the only one riding? Yes. Huh. Yeah, my, uh, my horse well, was... Well, where were you... How old were you at this point? 17. Okay. So you had the skills to maintain the, the training. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I, I also did get in trouble when, like, the owner would watch me do things, and he'd be like, oh, yeah. Uh, no, not, he's not ready for that yet. He's too. He's so good, you should just back off. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, there was that. I did have some sort of set skill above that. Right. But you which were. Which is a good point. Right, exactly. So, but you, you get somebody who's going into it and they say, well, I, I just want to win, you know, and it's their first or second year ever being on a horse. True. You know, and then you just throw your pocketbook at it. Even then, I mean, you could pull off a win, but a lot of the time, you're not going to win. Unless you have that horse then in training constantly with, you know, your own personal trainer and you're a non-pro, you know, and that sort of thing. You, you never, uh, the horse is kept up for you. It's not because of your work and sweat that you are succeeding. And that's the one problem that I do see with um, Western culture shows mm-hmm. is that very often like that fail racing where you've been on one or two years, but you're on that expensive horse. Mm-hmm. Sure, you might not win. You'll place, though. Yeah. And that'll perpetuate the fact that you're like, well, I'm I'm just as close. I, I get, like, fourth or fifth every time. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do much more to get first. Mm-hmm. And then that's where the problem sets in. But what makes that horse expensive? 
the fact that it's done it so many times before. Yeah, there's consistent, excellent training. Yeah. And there's natural ability and talent. Yep. Those are the two things that you're buying. If you ha- But natural ability and talent don't garner a huge price tag without the requisite experience. True. So, so if you can increase your skill and get the and just find the talent, have the eye for the talent, then you don't need to spend that big, big money bucks because you have the self-sufficient knowledge right. to get yourself a deal and create the horse that everyone else is going to want to buy. You know, everybody else is going to want that automatic push-button horse. You know, and and that doesn't happen often, and it doesn't happen regularly, except for you know people who have sort of a cult following because you just can't get consistently perfect horses every time, obviously, which is why they're expensive. But at the same time, wouldn't you feel great if you had bought a horse for two thousand dollars and won the futurity? You would feel way better. We're talking about saddlebreds right now. Uh, okay. Well, no, I'm just saying, yeah. like, you won the finals of any something. Yeah. Wouldn't it feel much better to do that than spend ninety grand and and win those same finals? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just a pessimist about it, and I'll be like, but that doesn't happen very often because people don't try as hard anymore. Well, that's true too. Right. So try hard. <laughs> so you're saying that. So what we basically got down to is that the breeding and the training of the horse, specifically for saddlebreds, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is and could expand a little is generally. is even more intensive with right. the nature of the competition. Yeah, yeah, yes. So that's yes. probably why they're a little more crazy because it's like uh, yeah, it's betting true. the whole house because you put everything into. Uh, this, yeah, yeah, this horse yeah. that you've created it's, it's, as opposed to just picking up a horse here and there. Yeah, it's like Holstein's, you know, bread for milking you know, milking mm-hmm. production. Yeah. Um I think that's I think that's really true, but also I have never seen a saddle bread that is uh uh competing and regularly ridden out on the trail outside, relaxed, you know, in a in a oh, working learning not. mindset. You know, and I wonder if you did create a quiet-minded Arab like that, and you could, uh, and he did have the try to create those big movements, regardless of of the um, fight or flight stimulation. Sure. Would it produce um, a co- more higher quality ride for for the for the uh, higher quality experience? That's tough because you you get into the aspect of you know, whether you I, like a well-rounded horse yeah. or a very talent-specific horse. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, there are horses that you could ride all around. You could do the three-day three-day event thing, yeah, and they do really well. Mm-hmm. But then if you put up a three-day eventer up against a uh, trained and true show jumper, yeah, show jumper will win every time. Yeah, it's true. So it, it's it's I think it would be based on the nature of the competition, and with humans being the way that they are, I think we would try and interfere way too much with nature. Yeah. Well, that's a it's a fascinating thing to think about because a lot of the time, uh, in my experience, 
I've found that horses learn a lot faster when they're in this quiet mindset and they've, they, uh, progress faster. Um, but at the same time, you know, you, you, that, that specialization, uh, can be important. I, uh, my, my philosophy is that regardless of the, uh, regardless of the competition that you're in or uh, the uh, trophies and awards that you're going for, um, the horse's body can be specialized towards a sport, but I think the mind should be round, well-rounded, uh, you know, and, and, and able to capable of handling more than just the one event. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of the, the way that we, run both of our training is you should be all around so like, right it was kind of a dumb question on my part but for the people out there just meeting us they yeah yeah we're really all about trying to the warrior get horse. all the aspects together so the warrior horse you can well yeah you can fine-tune each area yeah and grow them all as a whole so you don't end up doing something that your training is lacking at mm. some point, mm -hmm. and you find a hole, and it gets you in trouble. Mm, yeah, I, I, I've, <laughs> you, you always find run across those holes. Mm -hmm. uh, in the moment you do, you kind of try to find a way to fill it real quick because you're, you know, like, oh crap. You yeah, know? <laughs> and hopefully you're not right above the hole before you're trying to shuffle it back yeah, in. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> We, we've got a, uh, a strange furry animal watching us through the windows of our basement. Buck is on the prowl outside. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Looking for squirrels. He and just stands. Shit. Hey, you should get, they should make a product for dogs where it's like a mini version of Pride Rock from Lion King. <laughs> that's all, that doubles as a doghouse. And uh -huh. they come out and they have to go up to the top and they just perch up at the top. They I would I, nasty being, blah, blah, blah. I would I would I could see like um six percent of dogs actually using it for its intended purpose. <laughs> exactly. The rest of them would be like shit on top of it and then bark at the door. I mean whatever. <laughs> I'm not gonna talk about dog toys and how dumb they are. Yeah. <laughs> it's called a stick. Yeah, that's what Back I was gonna say. In my day we used to play with dirt. <laughs> Alright, so we got Saddlebreds, mm -hmm. Barrel Racers. Mm -hmm. um, Alright, let's break into the uh, larger disciplines. Alright. What do you want to go Um, with? Do you want to go with Jumpers next? Sure. I, I really... Okay. Um, Give me your impression. My impression of Jumpers. Honestly, they're uh, some of the more by-the-book riders uh, okay. I've seen out there. Um... A lot of the more inexperienced, uh, and I guess it's totally uh, more total in total the English side because when you're a beginner, you don't haven't really specialized whether you want to be a jumper or just you know that sort sure. of thing. A lot of them seem to try and fix their bodies into like really um, like board stiff positions, yeah, and they don't realize that riding is a, a dynamic thing that you are in like a direct up and down mm -hmm. balance but that up and down changes based on whether the horse's front left is out or front right you know it's a completely moving it's like right. uh, a building that stands stiff in an earthquake is going to fall but one that can rock with it's going to stay stay standing 
Right. I mean, I I always uh whenever I tell people that I'm a jumper mm. or I ask them like what do you think I did? Uh I'll either get uh racing or dressage. Mm-hmm. And it's never really anything in between. I mean, those are the two two more prevalent ones to sure. normal people. Sure. As opposed to horse people. That's true, I guess. Uh, and then I think about jumping in between those two. Mm-hmm. And like my first thought always goes to the stirrups. Mm-hmm. It's just funny how there's three different disciplines. Basically the same exact saddle. <laughs> except the stirrups are in a different length. Yeah. And I, f- I figured that, because uh, jumping came from fox hunting. Right. And so it's, it's just funny because I don't think that fox hunting part of jumping has really left. It, it's always going to stay there. Hey, I'm going to see if I can go over that. Right. That whole mentality of, of kind of like the, the, the rebel cowboys mm-hmm. of the fox hunters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that just wanted to go jump over a whole bunch of things, the thrill seekers. Right. So, I don't know, the the whole show scheme on the show jumping side has really turned into, it, it's very a, lo- a localized thing. Mm-hmm. You have your big areas that uh, really thrive and ver- are very horsey, like Wellington, Ocala, mm-hmm. Indio. Upstate New York has a little bit of it, like fucking the whole area around Aachen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spruce Meadows, mm-hmm. that's full of horse industry. Yeah. Uh, and they just kind of turn into their own little colonies and gossip groups. Mm-hmm. It's jump, jumpers are, are interesting people. They're, they're super practical about everything that they do, but they have like a wild side, just kind of like a tick in their brain that made them want to jump instead of <laughs> look around like running around looking pretty mm, well yeah like, instead of like the i'm gonna make this foot move and then that move, foot i'm gonna like i want to go over that it's like horse yeah. tourettes uh, jumpers have horse tourettes <laughs> horse just like ah, jump it, jump jump it faster faster oh no four faults four faults <laughs> judge wapner judge Wap- walmart sucks walmart walmart sucks <laughs> so they're like rain man Okay. That was the joke. They're like the rain man that wants to go over things. Right. Yeah. I mean. Because you do have those, like, uh, gem twists. Mm-hmm. Just the savant horse for jumping. Yeah. That massive fucker would not be useful for anything, anything else. else. No. And it's not going to pull anything. Nope. No. That thing was made to jump and fly through the air. Yep. Made to go up. It was like the spruce goose. <laughs> Oh, that's not supposed to fly. Watch me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Watch me win. I'm the first stealth bomber. Uh, and I think winning uh-huh. for jumpers is a lot different than a lot of... Well, I think it's different than any other win mm. in riding. I'm sure that it, that works for mm. all mm-hmm. Vice disciplines versa. versus the others. Yeah. But it's since it's completely time-based mm-hmm. or power-based... Mm-hmm. That first and second means a little bit more to them, and mm-hmm. they, they, they get a little narcissistic over it, as right. opposed to like a uh, because they anything else really legitimately but. did something like numerically better. Exactly, exactly. There's a number that I can put here, and it's that, that I, practicality. Yeah, 
and I know immediately that my schlong is larger than yours. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's why you see mostly guys up in, up in the upper levels. That's true. Well, yeah. Because it's such a power trip. It is. It really is. It really is. It's that, it's that need to dominate. But uh, also, yeah, I, I th- yeah, it probably is just that competitive type. It's probably also a little bit that... Um, Guys have testosterone. I think this is what it is, is that guys have testosterone, which causes us to innately know to... um, Like know something is better than the other? No. Causes us to act like a stallion. We we okay. So you're saying so, a man acts like a man, right? Exactly. But you, you know, when you enter a room or enter a herd, you're you make your presence known. You you're bigger. You make yourself bigger. You you kind of put that energy through your body, and you, and you keep a bubble around yourself. That's you, true. You let your you let them know that you're not to be messed with. You know, yeah. you're 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 king shit of fuck mountain here. And uh, whereas you know sometimes. Uh, especially when girls are first learning, you know, they're, they have the tendency to be more timid because they're naturally more sensitive. Right. So, um, I think that that's that natural little bit of a, uh, jumpstart for guys who wanted to learn how to ride is really like benefit. It it just allows you to have a, it's basically like golfing with a handicap. True. Very true. Well, I, I wouldn't say golfing with a handicap because... Like a one or two. Well, no. I used to tell this to uh, a lot of girls that I teach during, like, summer camps. Uh-huh. We'd be doing, like, uh, like trivia or watching, uh, like, a, a, a jump show, like the Budweiser Cup from, like, 2008 because it was in the VHS. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, why is it all guys? It's like, I don't know. Women are made to ride. Mm. They fit perfectly with the way that horses are ridden nowadays. It's true. Even physically. If the world made sense, guys would ride side saddle. Exactly. (laughs) It would be completely opposite. Yeah. But since that looked a little fruity, we said, oh, it's for the women, for the the whole... The The dress doesn't flop up and stuff. Oh, no. Guys don't want to rape her. It was for the, the, the hymen thing. Oh really? I didn't know it was. Yeah, for that's that, why to preserve women their pure, and, and that's why they have different bicycle yeah, seats. Yeah, they weren't supposed to ride bicycles. The, the like, it's on, like, like whatever, a dude. Yeah. Why would you want to make the first time more uncomfortable? Well, we won't get into that. I That'll know. be for the late night. Yeah. Dicks. But it's, it's funny because they have the white wider set hips. Mm-hmm. Normally a uh, shorter torso with mm-hmm. longer legs. Mm-hmm. Which is perfect for balance on a horse. Yes, but a higher center of gravity and a 10% uh, statistically slower reaction time. All right, fine. They do have a higher center of gravity, but if you apply that to, like, actually learn about it and learn how to use that... Mm, Yeah, that's true. Then you have, since it's so much higher... You have more influence. More control over that torque with your top and your body. you have more influence, yeah. So for a girl, leaning back would probably be equivalent to a guy leaning probably three or four more inches further back. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's true. Yeah, it'd be be, uh, more more, uh, reason to not stop with your body. Yeah, that too. But um, 
So I guess uh, where do we go next? Let's go to ring cut. Okay. Um, I'll give mine. You go cause ahead. Because that, that's yeah. you. You go ahead. Going along with that practicality from the jumpers, mm-hmm. I always uh, think of rain cut riders as like the the blue collar businessman mm-hmm. of the competition, right? Horse competition area. And the contractor, right? Because it's you always see see the videos of uh, this guy that just looks real staunch, very put together. Mm-hmm. And he just does nothing. A horse does every mm-hmm. possible thing that mm-hmm. it can possibly do, and he's just right there with him. Yeah, sure. And it's 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 like the guy that he goes to the bar after the big show, and he might get wine, but he'll probably have like a whiskey mm-hmm. neat. Yeah, right. That kind of guy. Yeah, hasn't made up his mind yet. And as for the ladies, I think that. There's a little bit of extra competitive edge that the ladies bring to that industry because it's almost like they thought that they were too good for bell racing Mm -hmm. and wanted to do something a real a a real sport a real sport sport. just say it all right a real sport. Oh God, I, dude! This I got is, myself in trouble. Dude, there. this show is designed to be this. This episode is designed to be offensive. Yeah, whatever. We disclaimed it, kind of. <laughs> Fuck you, people. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, they they wanted to do something a little more work intensive. Uh huh. And a woman like that mm-hmm. is usually a lot lot more strategic. Right. They have a, like a stronger acuity for that. Yes. And so, I don't know that those are cool chicks. They are, because they're they, interesting. They still have that practicality about them too. Yeah, they really are. Um, it's you know, I I think it's interesting. Uh, I for me, one of the stereotypes would be that um the fem the female the feminine side of reining and cutting, um, female cutters. Actually, that's a completely different story. They're like, they're just, they're kind of awesome, like lesbians. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I was tra- <laughs> trying to track away from that. But yeah, <laughs> um, but but Rainers have this like um, mania with bathing. Really? Yeah, like it. The horse needs to be shoshin clean, shoshin shiny, shoshin clean, shoshin clean. Dude, and brought to you by like, Shoshin and, and Cowboy Matt. You know, I'm fine with like a with like a tail bag and stuff like. You know, I'm fine with making the horse look good, but God, there's I I never knew how many accessories there were. Yeah, for for horse um, cosmetics, I guess is what you'd call it. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, being a horseman, you have to be kind of a little bit of an esthetician yourself. You do. You do, but you I'm can, pretty sure the first time I ever used baby oil was at the barn. Really? Yeah. Like, what do you mean, baby oil? Like, just baby? Not, oh no, for not like no tears to shampoo put, or no to put them into the show ring. You would put about a quarter sized uh, dollop of baby oil in your hands, uh-huh. rub it together, uh-huh. 
and then you take the little bump in between your thumb bone and uh, the bone right under your pinky, and you rub over their eyebrow bones, shine that up, Uh uh, bring it down uh, all the way to the front of their face, down to the muzzle, Uh and then uh, on their nose, and then that would... Make them Make look them very look... striking, yeah. especially if they're braided. Yeah, it's like it's like oiling up a bodybuilder. Yeah, and then a little huh. bit right under the mane, right under the braids, mm-hmm. so they get that look, that depth. Yeah, yeah, that's that's There's interesting. Nothing that looks worse than a dusty braid. It just looks disgusting. <laughs> that's true. The we in Western writing we um, only braid when we're training, so that. It preserves the hair, and then and when you get in the ring, you know that's when you let it all, you know, flow out. And it, they, you want to let your, they want to let their hair down just like the blonde ladies do, <laughs> like the blonde ladies, like the blonde ladies, the the race of blonde ladies. <laughs> Dude, they are a different race. Yes, they are, and we 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 we've made them such. I know, but I mean, stereotypes exist because of a um, generally held truth at the core of it. Do you find uh, in the western side that there's more blondes or brunettes? Uh, I think it's really like a toss-up. Really? Yeah. You don't see too many gingers. Oh, no. (laughs) But, um, yeah, because... The affectionate term is redhead. Jeez, you're such a jerk, Joe. They, but... But, but they have no soul. Redheads have souls. It's really just name me fr- one. <laughs> name me one. Uh. Exactly. Uh. <laughs> none that I know. <laughs> Therefore, yeah, no. the theory holds true. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. No, I, I always, whenever we went to uh, Hunter Jumper Joe shows, mm-hmm. Hunter Jumper Joe's. Okay. <laughs> Eat at Joe's too, by the way. Great crabs. It's like, it's like a necrologist. We went to Hunter Jumper Joe's. <laughs> Hunter Jumper. Hunter Jumper Joe's. And uh, it was always, I guess the head groom was always a blonde. Okay. And it, it was always old guy. Young twenty-eight to thirty-six year old blonde, mm-hmm. and then all of the lower, like the ones that actually rode probably more often and mm-hmm. were coached, like the third string, mm-hmm. always brunettes. Interesting. It was weird. That is weird. Which goes into like the the Charlie's Angels concept of yeah. redheads, blondes, and brunettes. Yeah, that's funny. She's a brunette. She has glasses. She can read a book. Oh. And then, and then I actually, Blonde, she's dangerous. She uses her sex against men. I think in the last episode we kind of got into the stereotypes of dressage riders. Yeah, we did. So we're good on that. I think. Yeah. I think we offended them enough. Yeah. Um. I mean, who else do we have to piss off? I don't think rodeo sh- people. Rodeo people will be its own thing, I think. Okay, rodeo people, indeed. Um, Next there's time. There's stock riders, and then there's uh, people with a rope. No. Or riding a horse. 
Yeah, next time on on, on our little quick bit or uh, or forty minute ones. Yes, we'll go into uh, the the road the rodeo side. Yodel, and we'll we'll have to get Jim in on that one. Oh yeah, I think we will. He's yeah. he's uh, got some good insights. Well, he was on the rodeo team himself. Exactly. There you go. But uh, I think that takes us for the day. Alrighty. Well, this is goodbye from TJ Moran. And uh, good night, Jim. <laughs>